Welcome to church, everyone. Happy Sabbath. So today's Sabbath is about Haiti, and we're going to share a little bit about what we did in Haiti, share some testimonies, some videos, and just um, thank God for all the blessings he's given to us. So we're going to start off with uh, a video from Pastor Bay. He was not able to be here with us, so he's sharing his testimony on video, and then the program is going to follow unannounced with the video of Haiti in between the testimonies. to share my experience of Haiti Mission Trip 2018. It was my privilege to join the group of awesome team and an amazing group of people that are sharing and that are giving and that are very loving. Uh, and I had the privilege of being a plain doctor, dentist, and nurse. I learned so many different things, so it was awesome to join the group. Um, when I went there, I saw very poor people there. Um, they didn't have much. The conditions were much worse than what I imagined. Uh, they really didn't have much. They didn't have a lot to eat. Um, they didn't have much to, like, much, they didn't have a lot. Uh, a lot of people walked miles to come to our clinic. And one thing that I saw was that um, even though they were really poor, um, they didn't have a lot to eat. Oh. They didn't have food to eat, literally. So while we were there, we were um, doing the clinic in the morning and we would stop like 15, 20 minutes to eat our PBJ sandwiches. But we realized that people who were there in the morning were waiting the whole day for a few hours, some maybe six, seven hours. I didn't, I saw no one stopping to eat anything. Um, they were just waiting there in a small bench sitting there all the time waiting, I didn't see anyone eating lunch. So I'm assuming that they didn't eat anything while they were waiting the whole time. They were waiting to be seen the whole time. So they really didn't have much. Anyways, even though it was really hot and they must have been hungry, um, but then they were very happy. They were content, happy, and they didn't complain a lot. They were just patiently sitting there to be seen. Um, so I realized that these people, even though they don't have much, they're very happy and very content um, in comparison to what we have a lot here in the States and we still do complain a lot. Um, so I was very much touched by those people there. Of all the people that I saw there, there was one thing that struck me a lot is this little girl. Um, Jessica, one of our team members, was holding the baby, uh, this baby, while her mother was being treated. She must have been about a year or so, um, but she had a stuffy nose, runny nose, and she had a pretty uncomfortable there. But Jessica was holding her, and a lot of, a lot of people, team members, came and saw her and, and held her and so on. Uh, because of the congested nose and, and fever, she also had a fever too. Uh, so we were trying to help her, so we tried to give her some, some things, some medicine to help her a little more comfortable. 
but then she refused to eat anything, she just cried. But then we realized that she had a much bigger problem. Um, she had a heart, uh, there was a hole in her heart, and she, we were thinking that she would not live another year, and she also had autism. So we were thinking, uh, what can we do? And we all tried to listen to our heart, and many of us took turns to listen to our heart, and we realized that there must have been a hole in the heart and she would not live another year unless she has an open heart surgery which i don't think she can or they can afford to do that um, so we were thinking we were saddened for the thought that when we come back next year she may not be around even though she's so small and little so we were thinking what can we do um, but then one of our team members suggested what if we pray for her so we gathered around, even though we didn't even know her name, we all gathered around and I was holding her in my arms and our team members uh, anointing her, like uh, putting their hands on the baby and on my shoulders and we all prayed for her. Even though the prayer was really short and simple, it dawned on me that um, it may have been the only, the first and the only prayer for her because a lot of patients are um, Voodoo's, uh, they don't really believe in God. So we're thinking maybe that was the only prayer for her. So even though we were just mere human beings, we were there just for a week and just we we're just giving some basic medicine and just doing some simple things. But to that baby and to the family, we might have been possibly the God's hand to that child. Um, and also, who knows, we might have been like angels that family because of their prayer um, so we're thinking maybe God is using us even though we we are not really great people we don't do much but maybe if we are willing to go to mission fields or uh, willing to help some other people then maybe God can use someone like us um, to reach someone so and I also thought that I was holding the baby in my arms and I was thinking, what if this child is my own? And then um, my heart just dropped. Like, wow, what would it be like? And on one thought that I was thinking, well, thank God that uh, my family is healthy. But on the other hand, there are many, many sick people out there, out there in the world. So um, we were thinking, how can we do, what can we do to help those people? How can we help them? Well, this Haiti mission trip was one experience for us to experience that. And one, uh, on one hand, we were helping them a little bit. So I'd like to thank everyone who went on this trip willingly and gave a lot. Um, Self-sacrificing love to those people. Morning, everyone. One, uh, on one hand, we were helping them a little bit. So. I'd like to thank everyone who went on this trip willingly and gave a lot um, self-sacrificing love to those people and we'd like to thank everyone from our church and everyone um, who supported this mission trip so that we can go on every year especially this year i'd like to thank everyone and i would like your continued support and your prayer for this mission trip because we do really awesome things and it's really fun so we pray that whether you are going uh, on this mission trip or whether you are uh, supporting like a sending missionary 
I would like to encourage you to continue to pray for this mission trip. And also, if you can, in the future, join this mission trip. Because once you're a missionary, you're always a missionary. May God bless us as we continue to help these people. Good morning. For those of you that don't know me, I'm Jennifer Ramos. I went on my first mission trip a year ago. I was so excited to be helping out. This year, however, most of you know in December my mom died and her house burnt three days later. This was a lot of tragedy all at once. My anxiety was high. I felt confused and frustrated under the weight of additional bills, dealing with insurance over truck house and all the estate stuff. Tayim came up to me in January and said, you should come to Haiti this year to get your mind off of things. Jose, my loving husband, said, you really need to go to Haiti. And, I, and he would not let me make any excuses not to go. I'm glad they did. It was a very healing mentally and spiritually to go to Haiti. While in Haiti, I realized how selfish I had been, feeling sorry for myself, feeling wounded and broken, having so much anxiety over every single thing. While in Haiti, I realized how lucky I am to have everything I have. I learned patience and that God's timing is always the right timing. Also, that love can fill us so much that it spills out into everyone you're in contact with. This year, I decided I wanted to keep that feeling of being in Haiti alive all year long. So I chose three words that remind me of my time in Haiti. The first word I chose was relax. In other words, be patient. Everything is in God's hands and in his timing. Give it to God. The second word I chose was grateful. I thank God for all that he's given me. When you're in a grateful mindset, it's hard to be selfish. The third word I chose was to, to remind me of time in Haiti was love. To remember God loves, love can fill me and spill out to those around me. I took these three words, relax, grateful, and love, and put them in my phone calendar. It's set, it's, and set it to alert me three times a day. I was shocked to find that when the alarm goes off, my shoulders are up, I'm in a stressful position, and I read all those words and do a quick self-reflection to find, wow, I needed that right then. I usually say to myself when I get the phone alert and see the three words, relax, give it to God. Grateful, thank you God for everything. And love, fill me with your love, God. When you realize some of the Haitians only eat one meal every other day, you realize how selfish you really are. I go five hours without food and I get lightheaded and get frustrated and then I think how spoiled am I? The Haitians are so thankful for all the things we provide. So this year, I learned to relax more, to be more grateful, and to love more. I know I can only do this with God's help.
Hello. Um, I was listening to the pastor up there in the video talk about um, going to Haiti willingly. Uh, my first trip, I didn't go willingly. I got sort of tricked into going by a good buddy of mine. And um, the Bithers, uh, part of Haiti Endowment, who we worked through on these trips, um, I was taken in there to be introduced to them. And he says, oh, by the way, Alan wants to go on the next trip. I really need him to come with me. And I go, okay, he's going. And it's like, what? I told you, Steve, I didn't want to come help you. But we had originally an aquaponic setup that we had uh, that was set up down there and it was not running well. It was really way too sophisticated for the people down there. And so here I went my first missions trip and man, what a blessing. Um, it w I just can't describe the things that just happened. Um, one of the, it was just incredible, the whole team that went there, I went with a construction team the first time and just a number of guys had come on the trip and they was their first mission trip and they're wondering, well, what are they doing here? How they, can they help? And, and Steve and I, the first day we went out there and we said, oh man, we have to build a wall. Well, I haven't done a wall before. Have you done a wall? I don't know. Well, I guess we'll learn. And we looked at the bricks and you, we picked up the bricks and they crumbled real easy. You had to pick them up carefully with two hands. So we're like, oh boy, this is gonna be interesting. So we went in for lunch and I sit down next to a guy who's on the construction trip and he goes, man, I feel useless. I don't know what to do here. And I go, well, what do you do? And he says, well, I do build walls and retaining walls and things for a living. I'm going like, oh man. <laughs> and Steve and I were just praying about what we're gonna do about this. It's just incredible. But anytime we needed anything on that trip, there was somebody there with that unique skill set that had come on the trip with us and it was just just seeing God's hand work on that trip and I've had a number of experiences uh, where you know I'm alone on the compound or other things one of them that was really unique was I it's actually a two-story thing and I was up on the second floor praying and I was supposed to meet guys coming up from Port-au-Prince that were helping me out with the fish farm and we're gonna meet at a nearby lake and I didn't have any way of getting over there. And uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm praying about, well, Lord, what do I do? They're gonna be over there and I'm not there. And it's like, okay. And I felt this urge to walk out the front. So I walk out the front gate and here comes one of the local pastors by on a motorcycle <laughs> and says, oh, hi, you need some help? And I go, yeah, I need to get somewhere. He goes, oh, great, I'm heading that way anyway. So just incredible seeing the hand of God just literally work and, uh, and just seeing the people. I've been, been there over 20 times now, and I started coming after the earthquake, and I just can't get enough of it. I've watched several of my children be amazingly touched. One's now in medical school. One is a nurse practicing over at Long Beach Memorial. I mean, she went when she was age 17 with Dr. M, and it just so touched her that she decided she wanted to be a nurse. And. Uh, so it's just been such a blessing and, and just seeing God's hand work and it's been neat seeing the growth of the people there. Originally, when I first started coming, you would hear the voodoo drums at night, which was sort of weird and, and eerie, but now they're gone. Uh, to just see uh, God's words been spread, the gospel's gone out and to see the growth in the people, the growth in the churches and schools in the area and, and just to think, gee, I'm part of it. I've impacted part of the world.
and I'd just like to implore any of you who have not been on a missions trip to go. It's incredible uh, what happens, how God stretches you at times. And yeah, there'll be times that aren't comfortable, but then you look back at them and you're just so blessed by those times. Uh, so if you haven't been on a trip or you've been on a trip, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you, need, you need to go. You need to reach out. God can work through anybody. And uh, I'd just like to say thank you. everyone. I'm really happy to see a lot of familiar faces. Um, okay. So this mission trip was very different to other mission trips I've gone to, uh, maybe because I, I prayed differently. The usual prayer would be, please take care of the team as we fly over there and come back. No one gets very sick or, you know, the bad stuff. Um, this time my prayer was very different. My prayer was, uh, if ideally everyone, but if not everyone, but most people get along with each other, so that this trip could be an amazing trip. <clears throat> and of course, God answered. Um, I've been blessed to meet, I have been blessed to meet uh, people on mission trips that ended up, we ended up being, being really good friends. But within the team, um, I felt that there was like some distance and that we didn't really get along with each other that well. Maybe I was traumatized because the last time I went, someone screamed at me and it wasn't my fault. And I didn't see much camaraderie within the team. Um, it was really funny because I was, not really concerned about Haiti, I've been there before, but um, I was mostly concern, concerned of the team and the unity. But as you know, God is great, he answered, and um, I'm very grateful to the people that I met on this trip. You guys have really, really made a difference in, my, in me. Um, people, uh, God used people on the team to speak to me because there were some things that I really needed to hear and I kept running away from. Things in my life at this moment that I'm really scared of doing because I, I'm scared I'm gonna fail. But God used conversations that I had with certain teammates to say, Jessica, just do it. I'm here. I'm so extremely blessed that people donated. You know who you are. Thank you so much. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. You really helped me. This trip really helped me in every aspect of my life. No words can describe how much you have. Thank you.
everyone. This was my first trip to Haiti, um, first mission trip ever, and I fought it. At work, um, trips were given away, and the first time I won it, I gave it away, and that was two years ago. I never had any desire to ever go on a mission trip. It just wasn't for me. I kept asking God, you know, I have enough to do here, close to home, where I'm comfortable. And last year, when they drew the name, the very first name they drew for another mission trip was mine. Before that, I prayed to God, please don't call my name. Please don't. Please. And at that point, I knew that this was not about me. It was about something he was trying to do through me, and I needed to put myself aside and listen to him and trust. And sometimes when we move away from him, he loves us so much, and he desires a relationship with us that he will do anything and go to the extreme. We have to just trust him enough to understand that and just give in because you just saw what we went through. I had the most amazing experiences in my life. Something that I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> Something that I really needed. And I thought, how can I bless somebody else doing something like this when I really felt that I didn't have anything to give? And just comforting somebody that needed it. They, they don't, they're not asking for much. They love any little bit of anything that they can get from anybody. They're so patient. It's the most loving people that I've ever met. And I just, I, the Lord just took me out of my comfort zone. And I just encourage anyone, if you you feel the same, if you're afraid to go, step out of your comfort zone and just trust God because he showed me so much and he put me back into a place where I really needed to be and that is a part of humbleness, gratefulness, and appreciation for everything. breaks the ice. Um, so my name is Jessica. This is my first time in Haiti. This is my second mission trip. And um, this time was definitely different from the first. Um, obviously, I was a different age, different time in my life, but really with my walk with God. The first time I went, um, I wasn't as devoted as I needed to be. And this, I was a believer, but I turned a blind eye. And um, you know how that goes. You kind of just decline. I declined mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and I looked for um, the peace I needed in places that weren't going to give me peace. Um, when I finally turned to God and looked for him, um, this trip came around. Um, kind of just had that urge to, hey, text somebody, text one of the M's and say, hey, when, when's the trip? You know, sign me up. And I'm usually very, you know, I, I weigh my 
pros and cons, you know, I'm very realistic, and I just didn't even think twice about this one, which was um, God really taking all that anxiety away from me and um, taking all my fears and just letting this happen. Um, so God really worked through this with me, and this whole time, though, leading up to this trip, I had trouble surrendering. I always have, um, not only just to God, but in life in general, and um, he definitely let me, showed me to surrender on our first day. I had eaten a mango that uh, made me very allergic to it, <laughs> so I um, not really being able to breathe, um, getting really itchy all over the place, and I'm like, wow, I'm in Haiti our first day, and I ate a mango and I'm allergic, you know, and there was a point where, you know, medicine wasn't working, and I was just kind of freaking out, but I didn't really know anybody, so I was just playing it cool, and um, at one point, I was just, God, this is up to you, you know, if you're going to send me to the Haiti hospital, send me to the Haiti hospital, if you're going to, you know, it's all in your hands at this point, and um, it was a moment that really got me to relax and enjoy, I mean, I, I got better, obviously, I'm here. <laughs> Uh, you know, no more mangoes for me, <laughs> ever. But um, it, it was that turning point where I had envisioned this trip to be very um, different, and it really changed a lot of things for me. I expected to go on this trip and kind of stay to myself. I wasn't um, a strong, super strong Christian, so I, maybe I felt like I wasn't going to be part of the group. I didn't really know much medically, and um, I think that helped me relax and really get in and say, it's all okay, this is where I'm meant to be, this is the group I'm supposed to be with, um, and I really just prayed for him to use me um, in the way that he wanted me to, and he answered, and um, I, I was, so that's my trip in Haiti. Thank you. It's always such a joy to get to come back to the church that is supporting us in Haiti and talk about the country we love. So thank you for having us here again. Um, I've been to Haiti many times, but this trip, uh, two things were emphasized for me. Um, the first one was what a beautiful thing God is doing through the church by imploring Haitians to change their country themselves. And um, seeing the people there at this time, we've made so many Haitian friends and through the church and getting to speak with them and hear about their love for their country and, and their plans to um, continue that while we leave left me with such a sense of peace of things are going to be okay and God is working here when we're not here. And often that is something, you know, you're nervous about when you leave, but you get to see, you get to come back every three months or whenever you go and see, like, things have happened since I've left and it's been through God and it's not through the individual people coming, but it's our blessing to get to come second part that was so impactful for me this time was the joy that I now see in the missionaries that you guys implore to go and getting to see the team this time of missionaries just come to life like from day one to day eight you see such a distinct difference between people and you watch them come alive because they're doing the Lord's work and they're living into their truest identity of the gospel and spreading that to people without any hesitation of pride or hesitation of um, self-reflection. It's just purely about the Lord and the work they get to do for him. And so 
Um, I thank you for your prayers, and I thank you for caring about the people that have gone on this trip and allowing them to do so, and what a beautiful thing that is. Um, and I'll leave you with one story. Last year when we were there, we did, um, we did a breast biopsy or a lumpectomy on a young girl that she's my age. And we've been there so often that you'll go, you'll go to different villages and you recognize people. And on the last day of clinic, I sit down and I see this young girl and she seems familiar to me. And we just say, hi, what's your name? And she, all she does is go like this. And I realized it was the girl we had done the lumpectomy on. And last year we had taken the biopsy or I took the biopsy back to America to one of our pathologists. And he read it and he said, you got it all? Like she doesn't have breast cancer. And, and so I called one of the guys we work with through Haiti Endowment Fund. I said, let her know, like she doesn't have breast cancer. Like what an awesome thing. And, she sits down in front of me and I say, oh, like, did Carol tell you? Like, did he tell you, like, you don't, like, you're breast cancer free? And she says, yes, I just came back to say thank you. And I was just like, what a beautiful thing that was to sit there and be reminded that we have such a good God that chooses to change our hearts to make us or allow us to enjoy in his work. And so, again, thank you. And I ask you to pray for the people that have returned to continue to be able to describe to their families and their loved ones of what they've seen. Because often that's a hard transition to come back to of, um, trying to describe the thing that changed your life so much. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting us and being a part of this with us. We had 23 members on our team this year. Quite a few of them are here, so I want to ask them to all stand up so the church could recognize them. And, and we want to thank all of you for your support. You know, this trip was an amazing trip. Every trip is amazing. And God works in many different ways. Our 23 members, I don't know how all of us came together except that God brought us all together and uh, he used each and every one of us. Um, I want to talk a little bit about how God works. I mean, his, he works before you even think about it. You know, we've been going to Haiti for about 12, 11 or 12 years with our church. And every time we go there, we help out the people. We go to our, we've been fortunate to go to our Adventist church on Sabbath, and we go to one of the, you know, the Haiti Endowment Fund churches on Sunday, and we worship. We get to worship twice. This year, we had a, a neat experience. Uh, we went at, on the 13th Sabbath, which means in all the world, in our Adventist church, it's communion Sabbath. And so we were able to have communion on that Sabbath. And we were able to do foot washing and break bread and, and drink uh, the grape juice. And so it was an amazing time to watch everyone take part in it and, and be able to wash one of my brother's feet over there, one of the Haitians. And so it was a neat experience. Um, I want to share with you a verse in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. It says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? 
Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? And the story goes on. Do not worry about anything. You know, sometimes, I guess most of you, if you know me, I don't really worry. But I do worry once in a while. <laughs> so, but what God taught me on this trip, and he's teaching me this all the time, is before we went on this trip, you know, like I said, we've been going for about 11, 12 years. And, you know, we've been supporting the people and supporting Haiti and Down and Front. And we've been supporting our Adventist church a little bit. And over the last five, six years, we've been going to Philippines. But Philippines, we've been doing a lot of other things. We've been building churches. Every time we go, we build churches and we see the churches going up. But over the last three years, we've been able to go to this smaller Adventist church, which is really, you know, you saw in the picture, I'll show you some pictures of it, that, you know, it's small, it's hot, there's no electricity, and it needs to be much bigger. And so about a month before we left on this trip, I just got an impression. We have to do something, you know. And so I went to the board, church board meeting, and we said, hey, you know, we have all this money saved up in our Haiti, and, uh, Haiti mission fund. And I said, we, we need to do something significant to help with their building projects. And so I said, let's do it. We're going to, you know, we'll have the money and we'll give it to them for their building projects. And so I was able to take a significant amount of money to this project. But in my back of my mind, I was going, Lord, you know, what if they don't use it for the building project? <laughs> you know, what if, you know, you know, because I'm, I'm very calculating and, you know, I, I just wanted to make sure that it gets used for the right purpose. And last year when we went, you know, I saw the church and I kind of had talked with the leaders and they said, you know, this is what we want to do. But we don't have any money. And so I left it at that. But so on Sabbath, we went to church. And the first thing I see is their building construction had already begun. So if you could show the slides. This is the choir that sang on the first part of the, uh, our video. And that is our Adventist church. That's where they meet for Sabbath school. Next slide. And this is inside the church. It's too small for all the people. It's hot. And somehow, mm -hmm. amazingly enough, Pastor Bay, next slide. Oh, here's our foot washing that we did. And then if you go to the next slide. Next slide, Pastor Bay somehow survived. <laughs> it was a long service because he had to stay in his suit in a hot, humid day for like three, four hours. And he preached the sermon there and he survived. And so we're thankful for him. <laughs> and so, you know, it, we were getting him ready for Korea because that's where he's at, where it's nice and hot and humid. But, uh, 
But so here's the church. So when we arrived at the church, you see the bricks in the front. That is actually the front of the new church. The one on the left, that's going to be the entrance. The one on the right, all that brick on the right side, that's the footprint of the new church that's going to go up. It will be about one and a half times or almost two times bigger than the existing church right now. So go on to the next slide. And so here it is. So the way the footprint stands is that the whole footprint goes around the existing church. And so once they build the church over the existing church, then they could tear down the, that's how I imagine, the inside of the church and there'll be a new church. So when I saw that, I said, praise God. You know, so do not worry. God takes care of everything. And I was so humbled. There was a lot of other things on this trip that God taught me. And one, and this is, you know, it's like sometimes we're, you know, we're so caught up in ourselves, you know, think we're bigger than we are, but we're not, you know. And, and this was, this was so, so touching to me because, you know, like Lindsay say, we go there and we meet patients that we've seen year after year after year, you know, and so, you know, I'm terrible with names. I mean, I, sorry, if I don't know your names, please forgive me. <laughs> but I'm terrible with names. But this one church we go to, there is this diabetic patient that I've been seeing for the last 10 years. And I've watched him grow up. And I didn't, I know his name. I, every time I go, I find out his name again, and then I forget. <laughs> and then I forget again. And so... But this time, I went to that church, and I said, this is the church he belongs to. I expected him to be there. And we went through the whole day, and I didn't see him. And I was kind of like saddened a little bit. And then, when, I mean, that church is probably like five miles away by foot. And it takes us about 15, 20 minutes by car. So we got back to the compound. And a few minutes later, and lo and behold, this boy comes. Well, he's not a boy anymore. He's about 25, 27 years old now. <laughs> he comes, and he goes, do you remember me? <laughs> you know, of course I remember him. <laughs> I, said, you know, I said, why weren't you at the church? I said, and then for me, the other question was, how did you get here? He said, I walked. So he said, um, you know, I've been out of insulin for a couple of days. So I gave him money for the insulin, took a picture of him, a selfie, of course. And then uh, I said, you know, I'm going to write his name down on my little phone again. I said, so I wrote his name down. His name is Mandina. And then since I forgot his name, you know, that's great. But, you know, I, then he goes, hey, what's your name? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm Dr. M. Woo, that's great, you know. He's just so God uses us and He helps us touch the people wherever we go. And we are so blessed to have a congregation that supports mission work. 
and supports building projects. And, you know, and that's probably one of the things that I appreciate more about our church is that you're all so supportive and you watch how God uses us in the mission field and watching other churches uh, grow. And, you know, next year, I'm so excited to go back to see what God will do with how we support the building projects over there. So thank you so much for your prayers. And like everyone says, if you haven't gone on a mission trip, you're too scared to go, trust in God, don't worry, and he will take care of us. This morning at 4 o'clock, I woke up and I was thinking about what to share. And God gave me a scripture verse. It's a little different than what you're used to hearing. And it says, for San Diego Central Church loves Haiti. That they sent 23 missionaries to share God's love so that they can accept him and have everlasting life. Thank you. We're going to have special music by Richard. I'll be singing uh, His Eyes on the Sparrow. Um, yeah, I'm Richard Lim. Uh, this, this hymn that I'll be singing is taken from a scripture in Luke. I just want to read uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. Uh, going along with what Dr. M had said, um, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. And uh, I'll be singing his eyes on the sparrow. Why should I feel discouraged why should the shadows come why should my heart feel lonely and long for heaven and home when Jesus is my portion my constant friend is he his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free, for his eye is on 
the sparrow and I know he watches me let not your heart be troubled his tender word I hear and resting on his goodness I lose my doubts and fears, and though the path he leadeth, but one step I may see, his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free, for his eye is on the sparrow. Before we close, just one more announcement. I mean, we had 23 people go. We have quite a few more that are going to be sharing their testimony later tonight. So I invite you to my house to hear their testimonies tonight. So if you're free, please come. My address is on the back of the bulletin board. Let's bow our heads together.
Loving Father, we're so thankful for all the blessings you've given to this church. And we're thankful for sending us to Haiti, watching over us and bringing us back safely. Lord, our hearts are with the people in Haiti this morning. We pray that you will continue to watch over them. Help them to not worry, but put their trust in you. And likewise, for each one of us, Lord, help us to put our confidence in you and not worry, knowing that you are in full control. And Lord, as we go our separate ways, guide us and be with us until we meet again. In Jesus' name, amen.